Okay, Baruch Hashem, uh, due to the questions I keep receiving on uh, this subtopic with Yenison, we're going to explain a little more and go into a little bit more Be'in. So we're going to have the treat, a blend between a second look at a Navi Sugya in tandem with Kibbut of Aim, trying to be very careful at both, as you mentioned before the Shear. We're talking about Yenison and Shol, keep that in mind, as... The veterans of the Navi Shir here know uh, whenever you talk about G'day Le'elim, you got to be very careful how you balance the explanation and figure out uh, what the decision was, if there was a mistake, what it was on the Madriga and the like. So we're going to go back to two points. Uh, actually, before that, of course, I wasn't that surprised. Somebody from Eitz Yisrael, Sadek and Shragi, very good game to share them up on time. I got one from Europe, one from Eitz Yisrael, within, I don't know how you... I'm not sure which one they got it from, but the response was, was immediate. Uh, the um, president is the only one authorized to launch a nuclear strike. Uh, <laughs> and he doesn't have buttons on his desk, but not that I'm surprised. So, Rahman uh, Laslan, in case you ever are in the position, this is the exact line by line method and how you do it with the codes. Uh, so, it um, doesn't have the codes, but it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they think he's crazy, they don't have to launch. Well, that's, okay. So that's, I'm just mentioning, the reason I said last night, having misfollowed the Shlomish Amalchus, I'm trying to be fair, is that the problem we have here, and it's a problem in life, is that it's very hard for people to see things honestly, because everybody's meshuchet, everybody has their angle, and everybody has their agenda. And with a person who's working on a Dira Shamayim, we hope less so, a person who's working on his Midas, so part of working on Gaiva and working on Nevis your whole life is to try to see past yourself and see what Klai needs or what Yechavar needs, what your parents need, or what the country needs. And unfortunately, and I'm not blaming the particular leader, they all have this problem, Anivus is not one of the things you need to get into office, as you have noticed, uh, with him, with his predecessor, <laughs> with all of them. And that's a huge problem, because if you don't have basic Anivus and you're trying to, it's all about what Nevis are covered, then of course you're, you're going to have a challenge of whether to put others before you. It's a general problem in life. It has nothing to do with politics, per se. It's just a musa for us how much you have to learn. So yes, is it dangerous? It, can it be a public discussion whether a person of authority is stable to, uh, to hold the reins, especially if he has buttons near him or has codes? Of course. Matter of fact, if you remember, uh, Ted Kennedy lost an election, lost the primaries because of this, because there was a Maishashari, which Baruch Hashem, the country, remembered. Uh, which was done, as a matter of fact, there were no eyewitnesses. This one person didn't come back. If you know what I'm referring to, I won't go into the gory details. That was, craziness. That was the same thing. It wasn't, well, it was certainly selfish at best. Impetuous, selfish, shows lack of clarity under pressure. We don't want the commander-in-chief to panic under pressure because there are buttons or coats somewhere. And the public was mature enough to actually see that, despite his last name. His last name would have been a shoo so that was good. That, that was actually a, a, a last name was Kennedy, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean that was a, that was a Ted. Ted, Ted. 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 Yeah, I'm saying, but his name is Kennedy, and he lost because people said, you know, whether it's or if it if it could have happened and did happen the way we're understanding it, maybe he's not. Stable enough to uh, react properly under pressure. Maybe he's not a Balmidus enough to be able to do the right thing in a very difficult situation. 
you'll say, well, that's true of many leaves. Okay, so that's a built-in problem, and that's why we have Davin Lashon Mishamachas, and that's why we have the Klan Lachazal, supporting Ashkar for Leib Malachim Biyad Hashem, because it was up to the Roman emperors, the Greek emperors, uh, the Russian emperors, and all the other presidents, we'd be in serious trouble. Uh, but it's not. So we hope that uh, the innate goodness of people will come out, and the proposition will be made. But the problem that clouds all this is that it's very hard to figure out what really is going on because there's so many people and so many agendas, it's hard to figure out the emis. So the Musa for us is at least in our smaller civivas, we have to learn how to see beyond ourselves and understand that we might have Nagis. That's the important things over here. And this is a scary email. I mean, just, you know, the basic A, B, C, D, what to do to launch nuclear missiles, and it's it's all up to uh, one person. So, well, let's hope he has a lot of siyat uh, v'shmayas. I can't declassify all the information that I have. I have many people listening all over the world, some of them in the CIA, some of them in the Mossad. I better not say this. goes on the radio. This is something to take me seriously. What? It wasn't in a magazine. No, it wasn't in a magazine. Maybe it was, and he cut and paste from you. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but this came at... Um, this came at 2.55 a.m. He must have been listening live. I don't know, I'll find out tomorrow. He's probably listening now. But um, it just, it's, it's a very sobering thought, and you don't have to be for or against this particular matzav, but it's clear that a lot of people have agendas, so it's hard to get the MS. And it's also clear that it's a highly specialized job, and it's also clear that not everybody worked on their anivas their whole life before they got into office. So... That's a, that's a lesson for us. We make decisions for our families, for our communities, for our, for our offices. Uh, you can be an executive in an office. And uh, I don't know if you ever heard of something, but there's office politics also. And sometimes decisions are made in, in corporations that's not in the best interest of the shareholders. And it's not in the best interest even of the underlings. It's all about me, me, and me. I mean, myself and I. And that's, that's a you know, problem in life in general, and it can get very damaging. Uh, somebody once tied it to me, a member, an executive member of a publicly traded company. Nobody here in the shul before we start any rumors. Um, the, the complaint was, which was wrong, but it, was, it shows you his own myopic view of life. He said, I don't understand they're making decisions over here and it's, it's hurting some of the employees. All they care about is the shareholders. Of course they should care about the sh- shareholders on the company. All they care about the shareholders. You're working for the shareholders. <coughs> Isn't that, wasn't that a foregone conclusion? I thought it was before the conversation. I thought it was after the conversation and during the conversation. It just took me a few minutes to convince him. Afterwards, he sort of heard the point. That's pushing. You have five million shareholders. They could all be owning a dollar's worth of stock. Belongs to the shareholders. <laughs> you're, you're a hired hand. I don't care what your rank is. So, yes, you shouldn't uh, bavel the executives. You're not going to have a company very long. But, but that's a very... Like the guy was... Before the conversation, I was convinced... Of course, uh, well, we work here. I said, you work here, you're working for somebody. That's what a publicly traded company is. That was a chidoshnif with him. And he's running the company. Go figure. Like, <laughs> nope. Any of the uh, financial Wall Street people argue with that far? Well, after I just said that, maybe not. But uh, ignoring uh, Lasana Riv, what? Yeah, but, uh, Isn't that Pashit? He was a large shareholder, the guy I was talking to. Many millions, but putting next to the outside world, they all own a lot more than he does, and uh, he's bottle, Bashishim or Beroiv. Or... But he was like so convinced, like, well, what's the matter with them? Don't they care about me? The answer is, yeah, yeah. Somebody has to be looking at the big picture. He was not the CEO. That was clear, and I hope the CEO understood that. 
Uh, does that mean you can go bottling it? You have to have a company that works, and people are going to work without incentives. Okay, see, that's part of leadership. You've got to balance all these things. Anyway, for a different schmooze, it's been an important discussion. Uh, meanwhile, work on your anivas, and when we vote for you later on, uh, we'll know we have the right man. So that's the, uh, that's the bottom line here. Let's go back to Yenis, and one comment before we go back to our copies. We're dealing with two examples, and it's going to be a little bit more of an avoido, so we'll take a couple of more nights to put these two together, because... I'll remind you, we have the Meir Sharm. The Sefer Meir Sharm is an early Achron, contemporary of the Beis Yasef. And he's putting forth some fascinating writers over here about Yenison's Keep It Up Aim, and he brings two examples. The first example, which we copied, I copied the second one, the first one, little did I know that uh, we're going to need to copy the second one also, which I did, to be able to see this more clearly. The fact over here, which we saw last night, was that Yenison held his peace for the most part as Shaul was calling him Ben Avis Hamardus and uh, questioning his ichus and his loyalty and his uh, relation to him. Was he a son? And then picked up his spear and tried to hit him and then told him to go bring David right away. He's under arrest and I want to kill him. And the only thing Yenison said was, why should David die? He didn't do anything wrong which is the proper response, because there, Allah Almighty got to say something before he's arrested. Uh, Sadiq, you asked, uh, it says in the Pasuk, So what does that mean? So the answer is it means what you thought it meant. means he was angry. He was angry. He was upset. And the Pasuk says, He's upset that David got humiliated. And there, the Radak and the Aviv refers to some say David, and some say him also. It's not in your copies. This is from last night. I just want to make this one point before we go on to the next one. So he was upset. He was humiliated. It was extremely uncomfortable. And that's an understatement. I think the Pussy wrote this to show his godless. It's understandable. He was upset. He just tried to defend David. It didn't work. He now knows that his friend is in big trouble and he's got to run for his life, which he's going to tell him. And he almost got hit, possibly killed, and publicly humiliated. So it's other your question is a good question. Are you allowed to be angry after that? Is that lack of keeping up aim? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I will say Yenison was uh, more malach than uh, human, as we can imagine, of any tzaddik of this caliber. Lamaisa, I don't think anybody holds him to task for being angry. I think the godless is, despite the fact the puzzle tells you he was angry, he was angry, humiliated, and we would be flying off the handle screaming at our parents, at that point, long before he picked up the spear. That's the point of it. I think the Chariaf is mentioning that that was acceptable to hear and expected, and shows the godless that he didn't say anything, which is what I told you after Mary, but I wanted to, I wanted to share with the, with the other one. The First example he brought, which we're now going to see inside, but I have to give you the background with the Pesukim, is far more complicated. And I'm, as you see, we have seven pages over here. So let's uh, discuss it tonight and maybe tomorrow night to get a handle. Is the mayor Sharms claiming this is his other shining example, the first one historically, chronologically, of Yenison's godless that his father said, you had some honey, I made a chayim, you can't eat the middle of and the chayim isa, and Yenison didn't, didn't say anything. So I want to show you what the Pesukim say. I actually copied the Das Seferim because he has a few very penetrating comments, as he always does. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. He has some, some comments in here that are a chiddish. doesn't mean probably 100% correct, but I, I, didn't, I didn't bracket everything. I want to show you what's pinpointed for our topic of the Kibbutz of Aim. And look at page one. It will also give us a, a little more 
familiarity or chazara of the background over here. And you'll understand after we finish this why the Meir Sharm, the Sefer Meir Sharm, by bringing this example, is actually saying a big chiddush. And um, I will show you what I mean. Go to Pasik Chafei, page one. If you remember, um, Yenison had attacked, as I mentioned last night, had attacked the entire Plishti position with one person. He had one spear, he had one assistant, his arms bare, and they called up the hill and made this simon, this nichush, which was mutadik and nichush, that it's nighttime, we're going to yell out to the sentry, uh, and make some noise, and he's going to say, uh, who goes there? And if he says, stay right there, we're coming to get you, you're under arrest, then we're going to run. Uh, but if he says, come here, then we're going to take us a simon, he's afraid to move, and it shows Hashem is going to give us victory. And he said the right thing, which was the wrong thing for him. And Denison said, that's it, and they started charging, and Hashem put it in their mind that there are a thousand people charging, and the rest was history, actually. Not was history. That's where the Pusik picks up. Uh, Shaul sees that they're running in disarray, and he realizes they're running. He doesn't know why yet. He doesn't even know Yenison is not with them. He doesn't know he's missing. And he gathers his small army, and he starts to give chase. And they're running and running, and they're having an incredible victory. Plishtim are running, killing each other, tripping over stones, falling off of mountains. It's very graphic, and they're chasing them. And Shaul... As they were chasing them, this part, uh, you'll see the Dasefim brings up as a Shaila. Did Shaul declare a Tainus at the beginning of the battle, before they went to the battle? And now as they're chasing them, the Chiddush is he extended the Tainus, and that's a very important for our plot over here. Or was there no Tainus at the beginning, because they didn't even know how they are going to do this, because they had one sword, and they didn't exactly know how this battle was going to go. And now that he sees they're having Seyad HaShemai, he declared a Tainus, and now we need Zchusim to pull this through, and let's, let's go get him. As I mentioned from Megillus Chashmanayim, which is not the only source, there certainly was a concept of fasting going into battle to generate schusim, especially when you're asking for an Eznigla, which the Chashmanam were. They felt they needed the schusim. On the other hand, in terms of Hishtadlis, the worst thing you want to do whenever you fight a battle, remember, this is not nuclear missiles and pressing buttons. This is a hand-to-hand combat. I think most of us, I, I don't know, maybe some of you were in shape. Most of us, if we had to lift the sword, we'd be aching. Forget wielding it. So hand-to-hand combat, brutal, and all day. If you're on an empty stomach, that's dangerous. So it's a bit of a chiddish, the chashmanayim, also against ridiculous odds. And we know from the Giz chashmanayim, it's pretty authoritative, uh, that uh, Yudha Maccabi declared a tainus. He felt, Lamaisa, uh, Hashem's winning this battle. If, uh, we don't stand a chance, and therefore let's do tshuva and fast. I'm mentioning that, but the Dasefim takes a pretty critical view of Shaul's declaration of the Tainus in support of Yenison's Taina. So, and we're not even going to decide whether long-term, by every battle, who's more right, but what we're going to describe here is there's a machlekes in Paiskin between Yenison and Shaul on whether this should have been done. And that's crucial for this uh, discussion. It's certainly not conventional. One of the points we're going to make is that not only is it Mutarit and the eve of a Muhammad during a Muhammad, but one of the few very Mechudishtik Hetayim and Chumish, the Mindaresa, talks about Katil Chazira. When you go conquer it to someone, you go fight a war, you're allowed to eat treif. And all the Mepharshim say, the soldier's allowed to eat treif. Well, what's the scenario? If they're starving, of course they're allowed to eat treif. It's a Kanastafashis. Or even if they can't fight because they're hungry, it's a Kanastafashis. That's not, that's not the Heter. So believe it or not, the heter is, even though they're not starving yet, they give like a blanket heter, like hutra. We don't want anybody taking any chances. There's no kosher food. They're going out. Let's go look for a 7-Eleven. They're right out of Pringles. Don't think about it. Just go. Whatever you find, uh, 
pork rinds, uh, beef jerky, whatever, just eat. Now, just to be fair, not to sugi now, it's not legami hutra that if you're going on maneuvers, you have supplies and you chance upon a McDonald's, here's a big chance for a Big Mac because you have your supplies with you. So it's not legami hutra, it's somewhere in It's not sakana safashis and it's not that you have a bunch of uh, energy bars in your pocket. But the point over here is, is that it doesn't talk about fasting. Whatever the heter is, it's a heter to eat more, not to eat less. That's going to be, and he's going to spell this out, it's going to be Yenison's tiny over here, why this thing was declared in the first place. Shoal is going to say, no, no, that's a regular war. This is like out of control. We have one sword, and this is not happening unless we have tremendous chusim, and you got to do truth and have a tinus. That's going to be the debate over here. With that said, let's go to the Pusik. Now they're running through the forest, and as Providence would have it, part of the Nisayan, I guess, they run through a forest that has devas dripping all over the place. I haven't been to such a forest. The Shiloh that Rashi describes like a sugar cane that was dripping. Others say there were actually beehives that were leaking. But it's certainly Hello Dover who, this wasn't a little honey that Yenison found. The Pusset describes this honey all over the place. And the army saw them and everybody was hungry and they all wanted to start getting some adrenaline from their sucrose or whatever they were ingesting. And nobody had any because they heard that there was a harem. So a lot of honey around this. I just find it interesting that... Um, Rashi says, you look at the chafei, Rashi doesn't find that that was a nace. Rashi says, yeah, it's is known. They have forests full of this devash kanam. Okay. So they, they were in it now. The army was there, and Yenison comes in. There's plenty of it. No one is dipping their fingers in and putting it to their mouth. Interestingly enough, the Sefim points out that Godless Eklai Yisrael, they were more afraid of the Shvu than they were of Shol. Maybe the last part's not so the Godless, they should have been more afraid of Shol, but they were afraid of the Chayrim, Yerushamayim. So nobody touched anything. Puzzle Chav Zayin, here the Puzzle is Beferish, the defense already before the Avera. V'yenison lo shama ba'ashpia avivisam. He didn't hear the Chayrim and the Shvu, he wasn't there. V'yishloch hatzkatsay amate shubayel, then he was starving also, he needed some adrenaline, he takes his staff, dips it in. And he, means like he revived himself. He was faint. So were the soldiers. It was a long day and they were fighting and they were running and chasing and, and it was tiring and exhausting and they were hungry. So it revived him and as soon as he took it, one of the officers, and one of the, I assume is an officer, says, Yan Ishma Me'am, could be one of the soldiers. Shows who has the guts to tell him this, that's why I'm saying it's probably an officer. Interesting note. So I think he would like that. Avicha? That's an interesting line. How about Hamelech, for starters? That's interesting that it's, so maybe just due to the relationship with Moba Kavadik to say the Yenison Avicha? Interesting word. Very strong lush of this chaim. Sounds like Hagrizim and Harevel. Shaul wanted to make a strong point. He felt it was very necessary for the success in the Ruchmiyazdik standpoint. And that's, he pronounced the chaim, Ararish. And he quickly ran over to him and said, whatever they called him, Mr. General or Mr. Prince or whatever. They said, I wouldn't take any more, or what you just did might be a problem later on because there's a chaim. Vayafa'am. Vayafa'am is an interesting 
prelude to what's coming, Yafam is that they were, uh, they were tired and exhausted, and that was the description. And his point to him was, yes, we're also very hungry, but we didn't, we didn't take any yet. And therefore, maybe don't take more, or maybe tell your father right away, or maybe, I, well, there are a lot of choices over here, which is part of the problem. The response here is uh, Pelvic, especially in this year of Kibbut Aim, especially with Anderson. Plus a Chavtes. Actually, before Chavtes, look at Chavzayin in the Sefer, my bracket in it. Yedison lo shama, afshal lo shama. So he already prepares us for the issue over here. Like, what shows Havamin and Elisha kill him? Wasn't it clear he wasn't there and he didn't hear? Like, it's a court case the last three minutes. That's the problem. So he lays the groundwork for what Shol was thinking. Afshal lo shama v'chol zayis chayvah sa'ashvua. Shaul's going to have a very strong Havamina that he still has to kill him. He now met up with the army. He clearly was meeting up with the army because when he dipped it in, there was a guy standing there and he ran over and he said, don't do that. So he was with people already. He was completely separated before only with one person, but he had clearly been reunited with some of them. What's the first thing you do in Mohama when you find your way back to the battalion? You find out where we're we holding and what did the commander in chief say? Yanison didn't ask. Now you'll say, well, why would he ask, where are you holding? Did my father make any shvur or harem? Like, why would he ask that? Well, apparently Shaul thought he should, and the Da'asaifim is giving us a heads up that this is going to be part of the issue over here. And number two, this is a fascinating point, he says, even if he didn't ask, Maybe he could have noticed that no one was eating. Here he's in a forest and there's delicious stuff dripping all over the place and everybody's running by looking at it very longingly and nobody's taking any. So either there's an issue with the heksher or somebody made a cherem. Nobody ate. Yeah. Shailiz, did anybody... What? They didn't look like it. Nobody looked like it. Said, but yeah, everybody would look like pretty pale and there was nothing else to eat and there was no 7-Eleven, no Pringles. It wasn't invented yet and... He's gone like this right away, and he didn't notice anybody else is doing that. Again, in defense, I'm just trying to balance this evenly. In defense of Yenison, like if you're famished, you see some dvash and you're on the run, and you quickly you know, start looking around, taking a poll who took. Okay, but he's just mentioning, you got, we have to explain both sides what Shaul was thinking, and because if we don't explain that, we're not going to know what the Nisayin of Yenison and the Kibbutz of Aim was. So, so this has to be thought through. Now, remember, there are two ways which you went to before to understand this. Was it Yansan to begin with? And the Chiddush Hashal was, even though we're now winning, you should still continue to fast, which is a Chiddush. You say, call off the fast, Hashem is clearly with us. So either the Chiddush was, continue fasting until we finish off the Plishtim, or they weren't fasting at all before, but now they see the Muhammad actually started, he declared a fast. So that's what he adds. When Bafarish, I say Yem Hayem Sun Gamlaf Nezel, Lo Shama Yenis and Shashol, the Spiel, the Hamshek, but Sun Gamacha Shivashu. He said he didn't hear that he continued it. So now the point would be so Yenison already knew there was a sign. He didn't hear they officially called it off. He figured they did, but now they're winning. Whether they continue fasting for it. They're running away already. According to this shot, the question would be why didn't he ask? He should have asked. This is. The reason I'm going into this is because I, do, I didn't uh, have any time to explain last night. Like, what were you all asking? What were Shoals happening? It was going to kill him and the, the people have to be paid them. So already we have just in the first paragraph. Yenison met up with somebody. Maybe he could have noticed nobody was eating. Or if he knew there was a fast going already, how did he know they called it off? He figured up he's fire. They're running. The, the battle's over. 
Well, the Shaul then continued it. It starts pouring. What do you do? So that's that's one thing. Or, but again, in a battle, it's very very difficult to have a fast and extend it even for a minute. There are people fighting. Uh, I, I'm still with the, you know, with Yenison's not a having me in the Moscano that it shouldn't have been there, and we're going to see right away, and it should have ended uh, not a minute too soon because ain't some chanes. Shaul said, "We ain't some chanes. There's one big nace going on. You went to the top of a hill, and they're running for the hills, the other hills. So the whole thing's a nace. We ain't some chanes." I'm trying to paint that over the next couple of nights you're going to have a, a deadlock machlekes you can hear both shittas and it's impossible to figure out who to pass on. That's what I'm trying to accomplish over here. So you understand that despite the next sentence, we'll read the next sentence now because we're out of time and I'll leave you not sleeping tonight. Um, after he was told this, please don't think any ill of him because I, I already explained where he's coming from but it's going to sound very sharp. That's about the strongest statement you'll find about Shaul in general, certainly from a son to a father when they're both Sadiqim. In all of Tanakh, by the way. Achar means, Achar uh, is like, uh, he, he muddied the waters, he explains, like uh, he polluted the waters, like he's, he's destroying our ability to fight. He strongly disagreed when he heard there was a fast. Either he heard there's a fast he didn't know, or he heard he stands to the fast. Either way, he clearly disagreed. He said, we, we can lose, and why... Why tempt the issue with Ein Sam Chalanes? Ru'na, next page. Ki I look, I just had a little bit, and now I'm revived. Ki ta'amti ma'at v'ashazeh. And he continues, but we're out of time, so we're going to have to explain this line in the context of the Kibbutz of Aim, which is what we're here for. Mr. Shem will pick that up tomorrow night.